0: Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Here are your hosts, Phil Dark and Ryan North. Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership podcast. This is it. We're finally here, at least for me and Ryan. We are finally here. I know the rest of you out there, you didn't even know we were waiting to be here, but here we are. So we are really excited to bring this to you to hopefully be able to teach a lot of really great leadership lessons through the lens of soccer,
1: the beautiful game. So Ryan, how are you doing, man? Uh, Phil, I am all things considered doing very well. Don't mean to be cryptic about that, but I was hospitalized for about a week here a couple of weeks ago. Had to have a couple of procedures uh, on my foot, No, no COVID related, although I did have two tests but yeah. the good news is it was negative. So That is the good news.
0: Actually, we're going to give an example for our audience in a few minutes about some of the lessons we might be teaching using your foot surgery analogy, because we were supposed to be recording this a few days ago. So yes, we were. that's just a little teaser for what you're going to hear in a few minutes. But before we get there, uh, Ryan, why don't you introduce yourself? Because I know that a lot of the people probably, well, probably, I don't know, but I'm assuming hopefully a lot of the people listening don't really know who you are. What do you mean? Hopefully, a lot
1: of the people listening. I'm right hoping now? that, that a lot of weird. people we don't know. Oh, I listen got you. right now. Yeah, like, that's what I'm. I'm kind of hoping nobody knows who you are. for that just, um, if I'm honest, buddy, it, it sounds weird. My name is Ryan North. My wife Kayla and I have six kids, four adopted from foster care here in Texas. Getting help for our family when the kids were little uh, led us to be involved uh, with a couple of cool things. When Empower to Connect was developed, we were one of eight families invi- invited to pilot that course. We really decided to double down on, on on Connected Parenting and just saw the fruits of it over the years in our home. As a result of that, ended up quitting my job getting to run tapestry at Irving Bible Church. And then, you know, and and being the executive director of Empower to Connect for a while. And then about two and a half years ago, we started doing our own thing. My wife and I co-founded an organization called One Big Happy Home. Originally, we started just working with parents. But now we work with schools and churches, coaching them on understanding trauma and how they can help folks heal. But really at the root of it, Phil, this trauma-informed parenting changed our family uh, forever in a very, very positive way. And so we feel like it is our job to get the word out there uh, and to help other families uh, the same way we were helped by others. And, and so what is your,
0: this is obviously how soccer explains leadership. What do you know about either of those things?
1: I know that I grew up in South Africa and so there wasn't a lot of international sport on TV. Wimb- Wimbledon was aired, Live Eye satellites. There were tournaments of that nature. The only things that were consistently aired on television in my childhood was Formula One every Sunday and what at the time was called the English First Division, which was sadly dominated by Liverpool FC at the time. And so my older brother, who's 18 months older than I am, he was just a kid and really became a supporter of Liverpool because they were winning everything. And so because we're close enough in age that more sort of want to do the opposite of what he did. I'm like, well, if if he's a Liverpool FC supporter, then I have to support Everton, who at the time were really successful as well. And then, I believe it was May 18th, 1985, I may be a little bit wrong on that date, it was 1985, Everton played Manchester United in the FA Cup. And I'd probably been watching uh, British football for about a year at that point. And it was a pretty good game at the time. Neville Southall was the, the keeper for Everton. And he was probably near the top of the hill of global goalkeepers at the time. And a really great game. But then there was extra time and a 17-year-old boy named Norman Whiteside scored. And Manchester United lifted the trophy. Ron Atkinson was still in charge. And I was in love. I just Mm. loved the way they played. I just loved everything about it. And that team had Brian Robson, Gordon Strachan. I think Mark Hughes was one of the forwards in in that team. At the time, the goalkeeper was, gosh, Bailey, I think is his last name, who was born in South Africa. So there's a little bit of a connection in all of that. And so I have been singing glory, glory, Man United for 35 years now. I, I, I have not loved anything more other than the South African national rugby team, the Springboks. I have not loved anything longer uh, than I have Manchester United. Wow,
0: that's saying something. And similar to you, a little bit later, I watched Manchester United in like 1992. Peter Schmeichel, I was a goalkeeper growing up, which if you saw me, you would just assume that because I'm I'm five 5'8 and very stocky. So it's the typical- You got ups. You got ups. Yeah, typical goalkeeper build. So I just love Peter Schmeichel. Back then, Ryan Giggs was getting going Yo. and that was class of 92. So it was just- it was a great time to start liking man you and just continue loving them and actually like today, just in honor of this first episode, those of you watching video will be able to see this Oh come but on now the I have the the polo golf shirt with the crest to really help us understand the leadership side with the collar and the soccer and we, we were really getting ready to call it how football explains leadership just for you out there who are part of our global audience but we, we just really didn't want to confuse people off the bat you know yeah. americans they would have just assumed both the international audience you out there probably would never have listened because you would have thought we were talking about american football and then the american audience would think we're talking about american football and then they'd get all mad at us and probably would never listen so we just figured we're going to keep soccer i had to say it though because i do know that some people are going to get really mad at me for not calling it How Football Explains Leadership. But we just wanted to put that out there right now. If you want to always hear it, How Football Explains Leadership, that's fantastic. Go for it.
1: Hey, listen, before before we dive into anything of substance here, the genesis of this idea is when Phil and I do get an opportunity to speak, whether that's Zoom, Skype, telephone, whatever, we always end up having a conversation about soccer. I remember one time years ago, uh, you interviewed me on in Think Orphan, and we probably talked about Manchester United for an hour before we did a 20-minute interview with me about trauma-informed care. It's something we're passionate about. We don't only just talk about it in terms of, like, you know, Super fandom, but we do talk about it in terms of the good, the bad, the, what we think of the mistakes and, and the pitfalls that people make. I, I've loved the game for a long, long time. I've, I coached the game for a long time. I started coaching my son, Tyler, when he was four and, and served as an assistant coach on that team and then got into coaching him. And then he did some academy here in his early teens. And then he played baseball free here. And then he went back to the beautiful game. And then by that time, I was coaching high school varsity. And, and didn't really coach him much in that. But he's 17 now. Uh, there is indication now that they are going to get to play their season here. It's going to be a shortened it. season. But he has asked me uh, for his last year of playing in high school if I would be his coach. And so we sorted that out with the league. And so I'm going to get to coach one more year. Phil, it's it's going to be fantastic. my swan song, amigo. And, and And I love coaching kids that age because they still need to learn. And on some level, they recognize they need to learn. But their bodies are also able to do the things that, that you ask them to do, and okay. their minds are able to keep up with the game. And, and one of the reasons that, that I love it as, as a leadership place, is not just from a coaching standpoint, but from the kiddos too. Because we don't get – and now I know that we've restarted the English Premier League and they're having drinks timeout. They had drink timeouts because they were playing mm-hmm. so many games in such a short period. Which, which I hope does not stay, because I hated them all gathering around the coach for two minutes and him talking yeah. strategy. I mean, I'm a purist. I don't like video I'm review. The thing that I love about the game is that it flows. Mm-hmm. We went to an FC Dallas game last season with the family. It's the first time my wife had gone. And and I don't know what it's out like at a lot of places, but they've got the section where these people have like trumpets and drums and it's very rhythmic and it's kind of like a Brazilian samba and, and the game has rhythm and there's actually like musical rhythm in, in the crowd. And, and my wife loved it. And she grew up in a baseball family. She doesn't know anything about soccer. Then her kid played it, has played it most of his life, but she loved it. And the thing she loved about it was that rhythm and that flow And I think that that in terms of your leadership, whether that be leading your family or leading your organization, you have to find that rhythm and that flow too. Because if you have a real staccato kind of style or an organization, you're going to be endlessly frustrated. Everybody around you is going to be frustrated and it's just simply not going to work. That's right. No, absolutely. Again, folks, that gives you a
0: little taste, just a little taste. We're trying to give you a little taste in this episode of what's to come in the future episodes. And so I would just want to introduce myself a little bit for those of you who don't know me, because Ryan said it earlier. I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't know me. And that's a good thing that I want to get to know you in the future. But It means that you're hearing about this and you're going to now get to know us. And that's new people we get to know. So here's the thing. I, I have been playing soccer since I can remember. I was, I think four when I started kicking a soccer ball. My dad coached me early on and he taught me a ton of stuff and he actually incorporated a lot of it into his parenting of me. I now have five kids, and, and all five of my kids have played and play soccer. My oldest just started playing in college last year. And it's been a blast. It's been part of my life, like I said, since I was four. I coached while I was in law school back in, what was that, 1999 at the first state championship of the high school that I coached, which was really cool. And then I still coach now. It's, it, it's now come full circle. I'm coaching my kids. I just coached. I coach an assistant coach at the high school now. As we talked about earlier, I've been a Manchester United fan for most of my life. And that's been a really good time, especially the last couple of decades where we've actually been able to watch it here in the U.S. Because yeah. unlike Ryan, as you might imagine, based on my accent, I am not from South Africa. I'm actually from South California, which is a little different and a different accent, but also didn't have any soccer on TV. We had the NASL which was not the same level. I don't want to offend anybody by saying it wasn't as good, but it wasn't. But it was soccer. So I was actually able to watch and Alan Mayer and some of the other big names back then. My coach actually played in the NASL. So we are going to have some cool people on the show who I've been able to get to know over the years who are some of the names that you will know in soccer. We're also going to have people on the show who are some of the the names you might know from leadership circles as well, who are big soccer fans or soccer has been a big part of their life as well, because we want to really make sure you understand how Uh, Again, the metaphor of soccer can be used in your leadership skills and how your leadership can use the metaphor of soccer as you're training and teaching people around the world. I also, in addition to my soccer love, I run a small nonprofit that I've been doing that for the last uh, 12 years. And that's something that I've learned a ton and I'm continuing to learn. And that's part of soccer as well as your lifelong learner. You should be anyway. And We're going to, again, use a lot of the skills that I've learned through that from some of my mentors, from some of the things I've learned and read, and some of the things I've experienced. So we're going to hopefully be able to use all of our experience in the different work that we've been doing the, the podcast experience as well that we know that we've been able to interview and have good conversations with people because I also do the Think Orphan podcast and many of you listening may listen to that as well. You may also listen to Ryan's Empowered Parent podcast. If you don't, go check them out. They're, they could help you out in, in different things that you're doing. But we're really excited for this show because not only are we big Manchester United supporters and you know we're, we're going to have people on. I already know some of the guests that we're going to have on and some of them are Liverpool. Supporters. Some of them uh, takes all
1: kinds, my friend. You
0: know, it really does, and so that shows that we're willing to really cross all boundaries. We're peacemakers. Here. We are, and that's part of leadership. Is you have to go out of your comfort zone sometimes, and so we will do that. We will do that. We will be vulnerable. So, folks, that's one of the things as advocates of excellence in leadership. Both Ryan and I, we've had, I remember some of the conversations we've had because one of the things we do at, at Providence World, which is my organization, is to help organizations with best practices and with organizational health and with leadership development. And that's a massive part of why we're doing what we're doing here. So uh, Ryan, what are some of the other what are the things that you have for some of your goals for this show to be able to help people with?
1: Okay, well, uh, it's not so much a goal as it is just a heads up that every episode will probably have a few minutes discussion about Manchester United. And so just a heads up there. So if you are a uh, United supporter, then you probably will love that. If you are a supporter of Some other club out there, you probably won't enjoy that. But please, we welcome all comments and shots. But just so you know, my default position when anybody tells me that they support Chelsea is I always remind them that Chelsea is a really nice name for a girl. It Um, is. and It is. Chelsea Cameron comes to mind, a resident of the state of California. And so we will talk a little bit about that. Like you said, Phil, we've got a lot of water under the bridge here leading nonprofits and ministries, we still, it happened more in us on staff at the church, but still to this day, we have people reaching out to us to say, look, I need help growing, sustaining, and, you know, improving the health of my organization. Can you help us? We have a lot of tangential conversations of that kind. Uh, a lot of ministry leaders will say, hey, I-, I need to figure out how to navigate this. Can you help us? That's part of what what drove this. You and I were just talking one day about... I don't know what we were talking about, probably Manchester United. Yeah, probably was. And, and, stopped and talk, talked about some of that stuff. And really part of the genesis of this was we would love to just sit around and talk about Manchester United and and the beautiful game and all of those things. But at the end of the day, both of us have been involved in leading organizations for a long time. Both of us have been involved in helping others lead their organizations. And we thought, well, why can't we just talk about that? And, and hopefully there's an audience for that. Well, at least I think there is, because people ask us for advice doing those things. And maybe we can offer some help because my view on a lot of this stuff goes like this. If we have a platform, then we have to not just use that platform for our own benefit, but we have to use the platform for the benefit of others. That's a core leadership principle that you're continually trying to improve other people, not just trying to build your kingdom. And so we've grown an audience on Empowered Parent Podcast. You've grown an audience on Think Orphan. And hopefully some of that will bleed over here. And like you said, we're not perfect but we have done some trial and error. We have been mentored by some people. We have had the privilege of some folks speaking into our lives and guiding us. I worked for a man named Bill Rector many years ago. Bill will never listen to this podcast because he probably isn't the type of guy who listens to podcasts. But I cannot really give you a fair estimate of the influence that man has had on my life because Mm -hmm. I find myself quoting him three times a day. And so a lot of what I will share will be his words that he imparted to me. He certainly invested in me and in a real mentor relationship, it wasn't always great. We're not like great friends today, but I have a ton of respect for him and a ton of gratitude for what he taught me along the way. And so a lot of what I learned from Bill has served me well and will come out uh, in, in, of my mouth a lot. So I just want to give him credit up front because if I say it and you go, hmm, I should either write that down, do it or tweet it, then it probably is something Bill yeah. taught me. Yes.
0: We will just assume the footnote, Bill. That's, that's what we're going to – and my goal now is to get Bill to listen to the podcast. Okay. So that, if we do that, we're a success. There you go. So that would be good. I'll, I have no idea how to get a hold of him though. So I, I, I can
1: send you his phone number. Okay. I'll give You're him like, a call. you like, Bill, you don't know me,
0: but but you will listen
1: to this. <laughs> but you will.
0: So I did promise at the beginning, and I, I don't want to forget to do this so the a good example just of what we're going to be doing on the show some of the things i mean obviously ryan talked about some of the things we're going to be talking about and a lot of it will just be what have we been learning lately we're also going to have some guests on who are going to teach us what they've learned and and what they know and how it's helped them but I, i really want to make sure you you parents out there if you're a parent and you're like i don't lead anything this isn't for me it is for you you do lead something you lead your home and you know what there's a good chance that a lot of people out there, and if you're listening to this, there's some connection with soccer. Or you just, you know, mom, hi, how are you doing too, mom? I know, <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're listening to this too. Your,
1: your parents listen to your podcast, mine don't.
0: Mine have, my, mine have. <laughs> uh, I don't think my parents
1: yes. know we have a podcast.
0: I want to get my dad on the show at some point because he coached me growing up, you know. Oh, so yeah, he's got a lot nice. of... I asked him the question of what have you learned through the game of soccer? And he gave me like 12 different things on three different tests. So it was pretty cool. It was like my dad, I think he might've been, he just got surgery. And so it may have been that he was on drugs, but I don't know, (laughs) but it was really good stuff. So we'll, we'll see dad. I love you. But the example that I was going to say is sometimes in soccer, there are injuries. There are injuries that cause the coaches, cause the leaders to say, we have to pivot. We have to adapt right now. We didn't think we were going to have to go into this game. How many times have you seen, I, I can remember games where the lineups are put in and then during pregame warmups, a star player goes down in pregame yeah. warmups with an ankle injury or something. Yeah. And you're going, what in the world is going, what are we going to do? And so they bring in a different player and hopefully someone on the bench can come and fill that void, which usually is the case, particularly in professionals. But in high school, I mean, we had that happen where a couple of our players went down, Throughout the season right before the game and we don't have a bench like Manchester United or Liverpool or even some of the lower league teams have we had no one really to fill that void yeah. and so you got to adapt and really that's what we had to do this week on the podcast and that's what we have to do in leadership too you got to pivot I mean COVID hit a few months ago a lot of leaders had to pivot that was not an expected thing that was a sprained ankle right before the game and we're going what do we do well this week Ryan had foot surgery and we were supposed to record on Wednesday And now it's friday there's no way you would have known that and he said i can't record today so we had to pivot we had to adjust we just had to say okay we're going to record later and then today there were audio issues there were all kinds of problems so it was like are we even supposed to do this thing and you know what we said we're going to persevere we're going to push through and we're going to do this thing and so those are some of the things that we can learn we can talk about together and learn from all these different things but the again the one thing i just wanted to really help you understand is the people that can really really benefit from this show I think leaders all over the world I mean soccer is the world's most spoken sport if you do cross-cultural ministry if you do cross-cultural leadership you do cross-cultural communications of any kind and that could be going to inner city that could be going to other places but it could also be international work this language of soccer is spoken everywhere and so you can use these metaphors. You can use these analogies. If you have other sports that are your sport, most of them will apply to those other sports too. Ryan talked about one of them that really doesn't, which is that fluidity and that flow. A lot, Most games have breakups, whether it's football with plays or basketball with a lot of timeouts, but soccer is one that flows. That's one that usually doesn't transfer to most sports. Rugby is one that it does more so than others, but it's a global game. It's a self-directed work team. It's not a position-driven game. It's not like one player does everything. It's it's a weak link sport. Malcolm Gladwell has a great podcast on that. But it's a weak link sport that you are as strong as your weakest link. That's how our organizations are. Yep. And then really anybody and everybody can play soccer. You need a ball and you need a body. And that's what you need to play. So leaders, soccer players, coaches, clubs, you know, if you're a club out there and your coaches don't really know a lot about leadership in the world. And this is a great place to listen to that, to be able to use this to train up your players. As, as Ryan said, I love coaching teenagers yeah. because you're able to hone skills, first of all, in the field, as opposed to just treating the fundamentals. The fundamentals are things sometimes I, I often get bored with just doing the same thing over and over and over. It's why my, my golf game is not great is because I don't go to the driving range. But when you can hone the skill, hone the player, and hone them as human beings, it's the perfect thing that we're hopefully being able to do here on this show. Well, i again, going
1: parents. Well, I, I was just going to tack onto the, the parenting because my last season as a varsity coach, there was a decision that I had made going into the season. So I had to tell the team and their parents that I would not be in charge of the program the next year. And I will tell you talking about having to pivot, we, we had a really strong center of our defense that year a big, strong, athletic kid anchored it. He had played American football and and hockey and decided in his senior year as a high school athlete he wanted to play soccer because he had never played soccer before. But he was so gifted physically that we could just really coach him on the fundamentals of, of playing in the middle of a defense And our goalkeeper was really good. He actually ended up playing college, goalkeeper in college. And so with that defense, the left back and the right back were pretty fast. The the middle guys were big and strong and had a goalkeeper. So we didn't concede a lot during that season, which was okay because we didn't have an explosive attack. We mostly had kids who could just do enough to win. And then about 15 minutes into the game, he takes an elbow to the head while going up to to defend the ball and knocks down and falls down and so the referee asks us to evaluate him and so we talked to him a little bit the medical people said he's probably good to go if you need him to and we did not put him back in the game and he came to me just right after halftime and he said coach i'm ready to go and i said i'm sorry you're done for tonight and he said no no i can play i can play i said listen this is a game son And it's more important to me that you remember your children's names than it is that we win tonight. And so the adjustment we made, like you said, it's not like we had Manchester United's bench. The the adjustment we had to make left us a little vulnerable in the middle, and we ended up losing the game. And I'll never forget standing there. You know, the kids are all – because the kids take it hard. I mean, like they're crying because they got got eliminated from the postseason. Their parents are consoling them. They're consoling each other. And I have this moment all by myself – nobody's talking to me because the kid the parents haven't come over to offer their condolences to me yet. and i stand up and i look at the scoreboard and the number next to their names bigger than the number next to ours and and then it hit me that i would never do that again and it is the loneliest i have ever felt and you may be wondering well why the heck did you tell that really really depressing story because sometimes leadership is also the loneliest i've ever felt because you have to make difficult decisions for the benefit of the people you serve, and that sometimes people will question. There were parents who questioned me leaving that kid out of the game. Yep. His absolutely. Dad wanted to know from me why I didn't play him. Yep. And, and even telling him, I said, Look, I, I love your son. He's a great kid. And I want him to be a good dad one day. And I want him to remember life. I've had six concussions, Phil. I've already, I already struggle with my kids' names. Uh, you know? Yep. And, and so sometimes leadership is lonely because you have to do the hard thing. That's right. And so just really want to encourage people who've had to make some hard decisions this year, please don't let the fact that you had to make hard decisions bump you from staying the course, because that is the course. Sometimes Tony Blair, former British prime minister said, yes, is not a leadership word. Anybody can say yes. It takes courage to say no. And so I just want to anybody listening, parents, organizational leaders, that sometimes you have to do the hard thing. And, and leadership isn't always popular, but that's okay, because it's not a popularity contest, it's a leadership exercise. Please stay encouraged, uh, stay the course, because I promise you that, that while there are bad days, there are a ton of good days too. And, and some days, you just get to see the fruit of the decisions you've made, and you see the people around you develop so that they can then go and lead things. Our church, they say they rejoice when, when a pastor on the staff goes and plants a church or gets a job as an, as an executive pastor, because then they feel like they did their job in cultivating him as a leader. So yeah. that ties to now, parenting too, man.
0: That's what I love about all this is I've been able to use soccer in my parenting so much. And I love that my kids play because they get it. Because it wouldn't make as much sense if I told them, you know, something else. But I also love that it, it has to do with my, I've used these analogies on virtually every continent of the world with the different work that I've been doing with different organizations that we work with in our organization. And I'm a DISC personality assessment certified trainer, and that's something that I'm able to use in the training that we do for that to be able to use those analogies now you have to be careful of your audience because a lot of people sure. don't get it and they, they, their eyes glaze over when you start talking about sport but the people who do understand it it clicks immediately when you talk about the fact that you need to know the people the different personalities in leadership you know different personalities on your team and if you coach everyone the same way you're not going to get the best out of them if you try to lead everyone the same way you're not going to get the best that's out of that's a
1: whole them. episode right you know? there Mike. that friend. is
0: and we will do that episode so that is so I, so true Yep. And so we're going to talk about a lot of things like that. And I do want to say though, just a quick preview, of what's coming up. And we're going to talk about respecting authority and how that relates to referees and what that looks like. We'll have talking about unity, talking about mission, vision, values, what that has to do with soccer and what soccer has to do with that. Some of the, the things that we will discuss are how a- attackers usually get the praise and defenders often just are forgotten. how important everyone is in different ways and different reasons. Those are just a few of the things of the many, many things that we're going to be discussing over the next however many episodes we're able to do. Some of the guests, I know we've already confirmed. I'm not going to say the names, but we have former national team players and and coaches. We have college coaches. We have former music producer who has now started a a soccer clinic and indoor soccer facility that's going to be pretty cool. We have other leaders of international organizations who are massive soccer fans and have been players over the years. We have some other professional players who we're looking to and hoping to get here in the future. And just a whole lot of other people who just love soccer and love teaching how soccer can be used to teach others uh, how to live, how to lead, and how to love. I, you know, that sounded really cheesy. That was not what I planned on saying right there, but it just came out as uh, alliteration. I just... I just do that sometimes. It just comes out. So, um, Sounds like a kids, great song lyric. You know, it, it, when you were talking about before, I was thinking one is the loneliest number, but it didn't really fit earlier. But it's, that is a song lyric, so I just threw it threw out there. So that's really what we're looking at here, uh, folks. So here's the other thing. We're starting a Facebook group, and by the time this is actually released, we will have that Facebook group up. And we will hopefully at some point we'll have a website. We likely will not have that up by the first episode, but engage with us on Facebook. It will be the House Soccer Explains Leadership Facebook group. We'll also have these episodes up on all the podcast places that you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, web YouTube channel that will be the How Soccer Explains Leadership YouTube channel. So engage us there because that will be a lot of fun. It will also be a lot of great things that we'll be able to learn. Give us topics. If you know people that you'd want us to have on the show, let's do it. So let's make sure that this is not just a one-sided conversation here, but we really want you guys. We cannot do this without you being a part of it. It would just be, I mean, Ryan and I can talk, but to be able to have this actually be a podcast that works, and is engaged, that involves you being a part of it. So we absolutely want that. We'll also have show notes that we'll, we'll figure out where we're going to put those, and we'll tell you on the second episode where those are going to be. Ryan, anything else before we sign off this first episode?
1: No, other than to say I had to exercise enormous restraint because you said several things, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to lean into that. But there's a lot to talk about, uh, a lot that I've learned by watching the game, by coaching the game. I've also learned that if you fall on your head, you'll get a concussion. So there's just lots of lessons I've learned from the game, but it has been an important part of my life for a long, long time. It's really a great connection point in our family. When Manchester United are playing, the, the kids all gather on the couch, even my daughters who don't really like soccer, mm-hmm. um, they know players' names. So from a parenting perspective, it's been a real great connection device for us. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it all, because you're right, people are thinking, well, how does this apply to parenting? you're undervaluing that parenting is a leadership exercise. I actually wrote something on that. And so maybe when we get to show notes, we can include that. But we'll I truly, firmly believe that 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 is that is it. And when we embrace what leadership really means, it doesn't mean being bossy. It means being concerned with the health of the organization and the people who you lead. And if the, that isn't how you view your family, then we probably need to schedule a one-on-one call because it is about yes. the health of your family. It is about developing uh, and, and growing your kids, and not just in terms of developing them, but the development is their healing and, and all of those wonderful things. So yeah, we'll cover it all. I promise you will cover it all. Um, but you just have to listen to us talk about Manchester United, like back in the Champions League. Yeah,
0: That's they are it. there now, which is going to yeah. be great. More games to watch with the fan, more family bonding. That's how That's I see right. it. That's right. Come full, on now the north family bonding i have about half my family watching with me which is great so there are so many different things we're also going to at some point uh, the hope is we're going to be able to develop coaching for the coaching for the leadership for the oh, yeah, that's good, yeah. for these different things and be able to have if you're a soccer club out there if your parents wanting to understand this deeper and better we'll be able to do that that's all in the works we will give you more information as it comes but I'm very excited uh, to be able to get all this out there. I'm, I'm excited we went over what we wanted to talk about. It gives you so there's so much we can talk about and I'm excited to get there. But for today, we are past the time that we were able to, to share with you today. And I just want to encourage you to be thinking as you're watching soccer, as you are in soccer, as you're talking to kids about soccer, to be thinking about what, what are the leadership lessons that you're learning? And I do hope that you use those lessons that you're learning to be able to help you be a better person, be a better leader, be a better parent, and be just better all around friend to those who you know. So thanks a lot. And I I hope you have a fantastic week until the next time we talk.
1: Goodbye, everybody.